Hello my friends, welcome back. I'm JC and this is Grace Overflowing. In today's video, I want to share a dream that the Lord has put on my heart very strongly over the last couple of days. There's been a lot of confirmations, really amazing confirmations that now is the time that he would have me share it. I knew from the very beginning that it was one that he wanted me to share, but it really wasn't until now that I feel like he's told me that the time is now and that this is a pertinent word for today. And so with that said, I am going to read the dream because it came on January the 22nd of 2022. It's been a little bit ago and I want to make sure that I really capture all of it. And I'll warn you in advance that it's definitely a symbolic dream as most of all of my dreams really are. And as I've said before, that is the way that I would prefer it as I believe that I can test the spirits that way. And I can know that these dreams are from God and not from myself when there's these confirmations and things that don't really make sense within the dream. But when you step back and you look at them, then the Lord can give understanding and then you know that it's from the Lord. And so with that, I am going to ask you to take these individual things and put it before the Lord, seek him on their meanings. There's a lot there, my friends. It's rich with symbolism. And so I ask you to seek the Lord if it's your interest to know about these specific things. But there's two elements that are not symbolic at all. They're very obvious. And that's the message that the Lord has really sent me to share as it relates to where we are now, as it relates to all that is here and all that is coming in the short term, and even as it relates to the coming of the Lord in the clouds. And those two concepts that the Lord would have me talk into today are the importance of preparation and the importance and necessity of finishing your race and what that really means as Christians and who that applies to as Christians. And so with that, my friends, I'm gonna read this dream just to set the scene up. I still remember the dream in pretty vivid detail. Even after all this time, it was at a church, it was night. It was very surreal and supernatural seeming but it did not seem like a church. I notate here that it was almost as if it was some kind of a theater performance, like a play going on. And so that's what I said. I said I was at a church and it was night and it seemed as if the church had a performance stage in the front of it. And so when I say that, a lot of the mega churches do kind of have that set up where it's essentially a large stage that's very similar to a theater. And so that's kind of how it was, but it was as if there was an actual play happening instead of a word or your typical scenario where you're seeing um, a speaker and a pulpit, etc. So to continue, I said that there was a stage in the front of it, like a theater, but it was all pews and double doors in the back. So it was very old school church in the back of it. It was as if some kind of play was happening at first, and it was as if something, quote, black and white, fell out of the sky that I could see fall out of the sky into the front area of where this church was. And I said, I felt it was part of the production. And I started laughing because I was so happy and because of this thing, and I put in parentheses, that I internalized as being shot out of a cannon was symbolic of the rapture, or perhaps a better word is 
connected to rapture. I just don't really know for sure, but I certainly wrote was symbolic of the rapture. There is a scene change and I'm now behind the scenes, behind the stage, and I look out the back door and saw all of this glittering dust falling from the sky like rain. It was literally so beautiful. And I had found online this concept of diamond dust where in really extreme temperatures, sometimes these crystals can form in the sky that can appear to look like diamonds. And that's exactly what it looked like. Somehow there was light shining on it, even though it was in the darkness and it was just incredible. It was beautiful. I said, I also saw a trailer behind an open part of the fence and remembered that someone had mentioned that we, meaning the church, needed to keep it down as to not bother the person who lived there. I understood this man was grumpy and I put in parentheses, angry, old and poor. Scene change and I am looking at a pulpit which was still behind the scenes. And on the top of it, I noticed three things that seemed to be naturally occurring within the wood grain. Jesus's face, a cross, and a clock. I studied the clock carefully, but there were no numbers on it, only lines and marks where the numbers would have been. And there were no hour hands, but only two minute hands and I wrote in parentheses, long hands, that were in the 11 position, which was 55 minutes, and two position, which is 10 minutes. This puzzled me, but even though I couldn't register the time, I knew what it meant was we were, quote, on borrowed time. Suddenly, the assistant pastor from our church was back there and I showed it to him, but he was not as wowed by this as I was because he let me know it was not naturally occurring, meaning it was made by hand. It was done of man, but I perceived the word or concept as quote-unquote plastic. Scene change and I'm back out front sitting in the front right side where there were pews. And again, this kind of has that old school church layout where you have some um, pews that were, you know, kind of facing this way. And then there's some in the front that face toward the middle on both sides. But I was on the right. And I said, I was sitting with three others. We were all dressed the same, a white skirt and white shirt. Suddenly, I'm back within the pews and I take a seat beside a woman who was, quote, waiting, and she had snacks in her hand. And I suddenly feel empowered by the Lord to jump up and encourage everyone with a word. And I understood myself to be in that moment as a cheerleader. I walked up to the front and asked if I could bring a word while we waited. I told them about my understanding of the supernatural image only to find out that it was not supernatural after all, but that the time being displayed was in error because it showed the time standing still and time remaining, even though I knew the truth of it was that we were now on borrowed time. There was no time left, as was falsely depicted on the top of this church pulpits that I thought was made of real wood that was actually made of plastic. 
Next, I started warning about and even slightly rebuking the group of people in the seats for, quote, wasting time. But I admitted that even I was guilty of this and ended by saying that I had, quote, wasted so many lunch breaks because man does not live on bread alone. I went over and I sat back down and almost immediately I realized a wedding was about to begin and I wondered if I had delayed it with my speech. I also wondered why the wedding was happening so late at night and I had the distinct impression in my mind, quote, at midnight. I also heard the name of those getting married, quote, the bussy wedding, but I knew I knew them and they were already married. And so that was the end of the dream, my friends. And this is a couple that I know, um, meaning I had taken that term bussy, that last name, and applied it to a couple that I know that are already married. And what is interesting about that, while I won't share their names, I will share the meanings of their names because I do think it was a built-in confirmation on this dream because his name means elevated or lifted up by God he is raised. And then her name, she actually has a first name that's composed of two names. It can mean see or beloved or bitterness, as well as God has shown favor. Also resurrection. So I, even at that time, had thought that that was very confirming. And I do believe that there is certainly a rapture component to this dream, though I won't speak into that at large. What I would like to speak into now are these concepts that the Lord has really brought me here to reinforce. These are things I've shared previously, but things that he would have me to share again, to encourage, to remind. The first, as I had already mentioned, is the necessity of preparation. And so in this dream, I saw something that was quote unquote black and white, and my translation of that, personal translation, is meaning not spiritual, but physical, something that can be seen in black and white, landing in front of the church that was, quote unquote, shot out of a cannon. Obviously, this has a notation of a bomb to it. And I've thought about this and realized that it's very possible that this part of the dream could have already been fulfilled in the Israel war. And I have been speaking about war long before both the Russian war with the Ukraine and this war in Israel has happened. But yet I will tell you, I do not think on any level that that is the end of it. I do believe that war is coming to this country. I do believe I have shared that concept on this channel before. The question is, what are we gonna see before the rapture of the church. And that's where I want to talk into the notion of preparation and why it's necessary. This morning I heard as I was waking up Noah and also kind of shortly thereafter, I saw a vision of a huge herd of cattle. I don't really know that I understand what both of these visions mean if they're even supposed to be taken together. But I can tell you that the notion of Noah and hearing Noah this morning was very significant to me for a big reason. And that reason is because in 
2019, the Lord spoke to me in a significant way. I've spoken about it on this channel many times before. I had spoken to my husband about it. It was very real. And the Lord had told me that he was going to put me into an ark for a while. And when I came out, it would have to do with my divine purpose. And then shortly thereafter, the COVID thing hit. And then, of course, there were all the quarantines and, you know, being on lockdown and so forth. Now, hearing this word about Noah, as it relates to the Lord's leading to share this dream, you know, I had written down some things that he just brought into my mind as it relates to Noah. And that is the notion of Noah and the preparation that we know he had to take. A lot of people compare rapture to Noah. He was lifted above the situation, but he wasn't totally exempt from it. You know, I am certain that he was terrified when the waters of the great deep broke forth and that rain started to fall and suddenly that ark was rocking back and forth and God only knows the sounds of the animals and all that was going on inside of that ark in that moment when everything happened. And so I just want you to pray about these things and seek the Lord on these things as it relates to you and your household. You know, would Noah have been spared if he had not taken the time and been obedient to the word of God to build an ark. Furthermore, would a speedboat would have sufficed? Would half of an ark suffice? Meaning if he had started the work, but then he didn't actually finish it. Beyond that, I feel that the Lord had really put into my heart to ask the question, what if Noah hadn't stocked the ark with every type of food? I don't really think that Noah had any idea what was going to happen after that door was shut on the ark and when those rains fell. I don't think he had any idea how long he would be in that ark for. He had no idea how long he would have to sustain himself, his family, and all those animals. Now, again, I don't want to put fear because here's the deal. We know that God has the beautiful ability to multiply, just like we see Jesus do in the New Testament. I believe we're coming into those days where there will be an outpouring of the Spirit and that the Lord will be doing these great works, greater works than these, Jesus said. And so I truly believe that. But at the same time, I believe, you know, what if that little boy hadn't had the fish and the loaves to even bless? You know, what if? And so that is one of the big things that the Lord has put into my heart, connected to this dream, to share with his body, with his people that are diligently seeking him and waiting for his return, to think about these things and to search him out on it as it relates to you and your family. Number two, the final thing that the Lord really put in my heart as it relates to this dream is the necessity of finishing your race. You know, it's not over until it's over and we have a job to do. You know, we have been given the great commission by Jesus and we are all disciples, those who literally follow Jesus. So in the dream, I saw Jesus's face and I saw a cross. We're all supposed to pick ours up, my friends. 
There's not just certain people that are supposed to pick up a cross and follow Jesus. We all are. And that's a burden on some level that requires sacrifice. It's hard work. It's not easy. It's not going with the grain of the world or floating downstream. That is literally with intention, living in accordance to God's word and living for him and his purposes in your life and taking the gift that you've been given and multiplying it and making something real and lasting in the kingdom of God out of it. And so I just wanted to remind you of that. Um, Bible verses that support what I'm talking about is 2 Timothy 4, 7. But I really want to talk into Acts 20, 24. Now, again, just wanting to put it out there, Acts 2024. Very interesting as we are coming into 2024 ourselves. And this is what Paul says as he was speaking about the future that he knew was waiting for him of persecution and specifically chains and tribulations. He said, But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy. And the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And so again, my friends, I just want to reemphasize, we have all been given that ministry. You know, there is a very false, deceptive teaching and even just concept of Christianity out there that there are certain people only that are called to do this. And it is not true. Anyone who is a believing Christian has been given that call from Jesus to share the gospel. Does that mean that everybody needs to be a preacher? No, but there are a lot of ways that we can share. I mean, we can share to anyone. I literally just spoke to a gentleman in the parking lot of the library who, as a wonderful miracle of the Lord, literally backed into my car. I mean, it was the most miraculous, amazing thing. And the Lord orchestrated all of it so that I could speak life into this boy. And it was a beautiful moment and it was sacred. And we just have to get over ourselves and this false concept that we're just going to walk around earth and just be our best self. And then someone's going to ask us why we're so happy. You know, that's not the truth of the gospel. The gospel shares the good news and it doesn't matter whether you're asking for it or not, or they are asking for it or not. The good news cannot be hidden. The good news cannot be quiet. The disciples were literally threatened. The early apostles were threatened and told, shut your mouth. And they said, we can't not but speak of these glorious things. And I'm just asking you, my friends, as we are waiting for the return of our Lord and Savior, our King, Jesus Christ, do you feel a passion in your heart for these people that do not know him? Do you feel the Holy Spirit inside of you that says you must speak because the cost of you not speaking is death to many. Do you live the reality of I can't but not speak? I cannot contain this beautiful truth. I must speak it. Is that the life that you are living as you and I and all of us are waiting for the Lord? You know, in this dream, 
the woman that I just happened to be all of a sudden sitting beside was just sitting there waiting, you know, eating her snacks. And all of a sudden, I just felt very empowered to speak a word about wasting time and how we as humans, and I am guilty of this, have a tendency to shift our focus in the wrong direction from time to time. The enemy is real. This world is full of temptations. Even things that are good and gifts of God can tempt us and lead us away from fulfilling these things that the Lord has required of his people. You know, we are not even to love our own children more than the Lord and serving him and serving his kingdom. We are to be selfless people. We are to live for God, not for ourselves. And finally, the last thing I want to mention about this particular verse, Acts 20, 24, is that Paul ends by saying, the grace of God. He speaks of the ministry that he had received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And I cannot not take this opportunity to speak just a few minutes into the fact that there are many that want to pervert the grace of Jesus Christ. And they want to make his truth something different than what the truth of God himself is. The truth that is within the Old Testament. The truth about righteousness and the call to be holy. And even as it relates to sin, there are many people that want to say that the Gentiles have been given some hall pass to live however in the heck we want to live. And that is not true. And this verse proves it. Because he literally says to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And some people may read the Old Testament and they may think, doesn't look very graceful to me. And to those people, I would say, you have no part or lot in this because you do not know God. Because if you had the Holy Spirit and if you did know God, you would know that there is abundant grace in the God of the Old Testament. And you would know that the God of the Old Testament and the Jesus of the New Testament do not contradict one another. He is a continuation. There is a new covenant. It has evolved. I think of it as that moment in The Wizard of Oz where everything is black and white and then suddenly everything springs into color. And that's that moment when Jesus Christ came to this earth and he lived a perfect life and he bled and gave his life on a cross in order to save us all to fulfill the covenant, the rainbow covenant even. He is from the beginning and he was the word, all of it. And I just really want to speak this for the people, the few people that may be listening, that may be believing these false deceptions that are going on in the church. I know that the vast majority of the people that watch my channel agree with me and know these things already. And so I'm certainly not speaking to the people who normally watch the channel, but I have to speak this because there's so much deception here, my friends. And as we know, time is so short. We must, we must be diligent and we must speak truth and we must call 
the lies out as we see them. It benefits no one at this point for us to keep our mouths shut, even when we know sometimes the truth does hurt. The truth isn't easy. It isn't this one minute prayer that many people want to make it and then a going on your merry way and living the life that you choose in accordance to how you want to live and the ways of the world and all of that. And so I just ask you at this late hour to seek the Lord on all of his truth, to get into the word, to seek him out in prayer. My friends, the Lord is so present right now. I mean, I can just tell you he has been present with me over the course of these last three and a half years, but I am telling you his presence is next level right now. And I believe that it speaks into the times where we're at. You know, I believe the outpouring is happening and I believe that as many as would call upon him, he would speak to. Jeremiah 33, three says, call out to me and I will speak to you and I will tell you great and unknown mighty things that you have not known unsearchable things, things that we could not possibly know. Jesus Christ said he was sending the spirit that would be our helper and would speak to us and tell us things that are to come so we can be prepared. And the nutshell message here, my friends, that I believe the Lord is putting on my heart to share is that he wants his people to be prepared and not just sitting there eating snacks, waiting. And with that, my friends, I am going to finish up by reading a compilation of Psalms that the Lord has put on my heart. You know, I believe that there's definitely something to hear here. And I will put the specific chapters and verses in the description box. But after this, then I will sign off. All right, so this is where he would have me begin. Do not put your trust in princes, nor in a son of man in whom there is no help. His spirit departs. He returns to his earth. In that very day, his plans perish. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He relieves the fatherless and widow but the way of the wicked he turns upside down. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcasts of Israel and binds up their wounds. He does not delight in the strength of the horse. He takes no pleasure in the legs of a man. The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his mercy. He sends out his command to the earth. His word runs very swiftly. He gives snow like wool. He scatters the frost like ashes. He casts out his hail like morsels. Who can stand before his cold? He sends out his word and melts them. He causes his wind to blow and the waters to flow. Praise the Lord from the earth you great sea creatures and all the depths. Fire and hail, snow and clouds, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. 
Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above the earth and heaven. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouths and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the people, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all his saints. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord.